Blog Talk Radio. everybody and a warm, warm welcome to you all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As always, I'm your host, of course, Faith, and you're live with us on today's show. Hey, everybody, I see you all. Hello. <laughs> hey. As always, I'm glad that you guys are hanging out with us live on today's show. Definitely looking forward to taking your calls, as always. We'd love to hear from you as well. So let me go ahead and give you the call-in number. Is the sound okay, y'all? Give me a thumbs up if the sound is okay. Can you hear me just fine? Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, okay, everybody, thank you. So the calling number is 515-602-9735. That is the number to call. Remember, if you're calling from outside the U.S., you need to dial the country code, the U.S. country code, and then go ahead and dial 515-602-9735, and that will get you right in. Well, and welcome, everybody. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a surprise show, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a special guest today, so it will be absolutely worth it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I see you, guests. Hi, Christina. Hi, Mia, the Gates. Welcome. <laughs> okay. Well, today we have a very special guest. Um, it's Romina co-founder Marina, Mariana Atelier, and um, she is an amazing woman that I met at the conference, and I just thought that she had so much, um, you know, I mean, so much um, information to share with you all with regards to menstrual matters, all things period, yes. If it's not your cup of coffee, y'all, you know how to do it. It's time to, you know, just troll out. But we are going to be talking about periods, menstruation, women's stuff, feminine products, all that tonight on Her Story 2. Yep. Um, if it's your very first time, for those of you on the call lines, um, you'll know how we do. The rest of you will know how we do. For those of you on the call lines, if you'd like to jump into the chat, all you've got to do is come on over to www.blocktalkradio.com forward slash her story too, and then click on the link that says sign up, and that will get you right in. Okay? So let's see if Mayana is here with us. I think I can see her on the line. Hi, Mayana. Hi, Faith. How are you? Um, so can you hi. hear me? How are you? Yes, I'm loud so and clear. So I can hear you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm so excited. 
<laughs> we made it. We have a show. <laughs> we have a show, guys. <laughs> Just when we thought we wouldn't have one, right? Um, Y'all know how it works. So anyway, Mayana is here with us. I'll tell you a little bit about her. She has an amazing profile, and, and, and you know, y'all will understand why we are bringing you there. You're such an amazing guest. Come on now. No, I didn't do nothing <laughs> for you all. Anyway, so Mariana has worked full-time on Womina's activities in Uganda. Yeah, big up to all our international listeners who don't know where Uganda is. Uganda is in Africa, in the east of Africa, right, where you see the Han. That's where it is, bullseye, okay? And um, she now supports Womena's executive, okay? Womena is a, is, a, is, a, is a nonprofit based in Denmark. So big up to our Danish listeners. Y'all be doing the work, putting in the work. Um, she currently works at the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, Malaria on Grant Management on Ethiopia, Nigeria, Mauritania, Ivory Coast, and Central African Republic portfolio since 2011. Okay, Mayana, you've scouted the continent. You'll tell us all about that. I can't wait to hear about those adventures and experiences. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, Christina. Those are some big countries, yeah. She's covered some huge territories in Africa. Ethiopia is huge, and Nigeria is big as well, yeah. We're going to hear about um, the adventures of, you know, Ethiopia and Nigeria. All, all coming tonight. Be patient. I'll tell you a little bit more about Mariana. Mariana has done research and published in the areas of family planning and menstrual management and brings research management, health policy, healthcare financing, and healthcare programming experience to Womina. Okay, and I think she's bringing it to the world as well. Okay, big up, you know, give a big thanks to Mariana for all the work she's been doing. You know, it's always nice to talk to people who've been putting in the work and, you know, who've actually been there hands-on and who can share, you know, some hands-on experience, yeah. But I'll just wrap it up real quick so that we jump into this conversation. You know, so she currently, you know, is working on amazing, doing her work at the Global Fan, but she's also done research in Benin, in China, in Tibet, Tanzania, and Uganda for UNFPA, GIZ, Danida, and the University of Copenhagen, which was our connecting factor, and other NGOs. So welcome, Mayana. Amazing profile. Oh, thank you so much, BSA. It's been such a beautiful presentation. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And excited to share. Oh, you're welcome. We just want to hear about all the adventures of what you were doing. You know, Africa is like an amazing <laughs> continent. You know how it is. It's like everything, it's, you know, it's just, you know, you know, water to oil, you know, everything is just like, yo. So we just want to hear about that. But um, we'll start right at the top with our most pressing issue, which we hear this all the time. At least I know I hear this all the time is, what's all the hype about menstruation? Yes, yo, we're talking yeah. about period matters. So, yeah. 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 It's really a it's a great question because you know you know women and girls have been having menstruation forever, right? And then somehow (laughs) until recently, no one wanted to talk about it. And then a lot five to ten years, all people can't stop talking about it, and all kinds of statements and activism and programs and committees. So, so what is really this is the reason for this menstruaganza? It's really a question that is on a lot of, of people's minds, and um, there are probably a lot of different reasons depending on which part of the world you come from. So, in the development uh, world or in the health health development world, which I come from, uh, there's been a lot of uh, focus on women and girls for for many years. But we're getting more into you know a deeper understanding as to what is that affects girls and women 
to achieve their potential. And especially for girls, we've been realizing that recently or over many years, we've known that education is fundamental for their, for their uh, development, reaching their potential and for not just them specifically, but for like society at large. So, you know, then we're looking, looking more closely, what is it that are holding girls back from, from going to school and also from engaging actively and you know, confidently in school People are starting to realize, uh, well, I mean, a lot of people know for a lot, of, a lot of time, but they maybe haven't talked about it, but the broader community is realizing that new menstruation is actually one of the many factors that is holding girls back from going to school. Not the only one, as we all know, but like one, also an important one because it comes back and you have, um, so a lot of more people are, are seeing, wow, this is actually quite important for girls to go, you know, go to school. And uh, because if they don't have pads, if they don't have anything to manage their periods with, uh, or their pain with these, a lot of girls also stay home from school because of menstrual pain, then they actually don't, you know, they either uh, stay home from school, they, they go home early, they don't participate actively because they're afraid to, you know, have accidents and people you know, make fun of them. So that has, like, really gotten menstruation on the international development, uh, you know, health agenda. Although it's been there for a long time with the engineers, they've been, you know, addressing it with their uh, water and sanitation, kind of the trees and all this like pit latrines and all this fantastically interesting stuff, which I love, you know, I'm sure you'd also love to hear more about, but, um, but that is, uh, oh, yeah. but that is definitely, yeah, that is definitely, uh, everybody wants to hear more about the trees, but, um, but that is one really good reason why uh, people are focusing on, on this more. But another really important reason, and which is, I think anybody can relate to, is that a lot of people are, uh, you know, reading more, they're exposing themselves more to other ideas, and, you know, internet is just, you know, uh, spreading these ideas around, like, everything. And, you know, they're realizing a lot of the, the things that we're thinking and, and, and behavior that we're used to and the feelings that they were having um, that they thought sort of, like, in the past people thought, okay, this is just the way it is. It doesn't have to be that way, you know. It's not cut in stone. We don't have to, we don't have to, 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 to feel, you know, uh, uh, bad or shameful about menstruation, why would we, you know? It's like such an important part of life. It's, in, it's a beautiful uh, mark of, of womanhood when women, you know, uh, girls uh, start menstruating. You know, so people are starting to think, hey, what, what was I feeling so bad about? Why can't I feel good about menstruation? Actually, you know, there are some, you know, uh, societies around the world that celebrate it. And, uh, you know, uh, in, in our work in Uganda, We've been hearing from, for example, South Sudanese refugees that it is celebrated in some context, and, and there's also the same as around the world. So it really is something that uh, people are starting to realize: hey, we can, we can, we don't have to feel bad about this. Let's celebrate it. And so, therefore, it's also becoming a kind of uh, celebration of uh, femininity, you know, uh, uh, of uh, and, and showing that you, you know, you're 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 not afraid to talk about your body. Um, and uh, it's it's really playing a huge part in the whole feminist debate. And then I think the last sort of reason is also people are looking for, uh, or for many reasons, last one I'll mention, is that people are realizing that handling menstruation in uh, emergency context, oh my God, what a huge, you know, logistics nightmare that can be. You know, like you can have, you can you have to have a million pads a day sometimes in some context for, a, you know, a, uh, a population of 60 million people need to have like a million times a day sometimes. I, I won't go into the calculation, but you know, it's a big, you know, logistic uh, issue. So people are looking at uh, reusable uh, um, products, which we'll go over into later. And, uh, and, and people are more and, and, and thinking about the environment. So those are just some of the many reasons why menstruation is all of a sudden, yeah, getting on the agenda. 
Yeah, I mean that is. I mean you've put it so. I mean you've put it together so nicely. But um, <laughs> Christina is like exactly. <laughs> Okay, Christina, <laughs> one word. Okay, I agree with you. Thumbs up to all our guests. Um, yeah, of course, she's an expert. Come on now. What do you all expect? We bring only brilliant women. Come on now. She's smart, of course. Anyway, so, um, but um, I was just going to ask you, Mayana, uh, when you were talking, something crossed my mind. You're talking about uh, celebrating periods and um, and not getting, you know, you know, getting rid of the shame aspect of it and embracing it and bringing you know, the beauty of it and, you know, creating this kind of awareness and education around menstruation and period, something that we should be proud of. I was, I, I was just thinking, I mean, you've been to China, Tibet, I mean, from Asia to Africa, I mean, you're based here in Europe, and, you know, the Americas also have a huge campaign going on there as well with menstruation mm-hmm. awareness and, you know, you know, remove the taxes and all that, you know, the luxury products. So there's this collective awareness happening right now globally. Why do you think that all of a sudden women are, they get, we get it now on such a global scale? Yeah, you know, it's such a great, also a really great question. And I think, you know, it, it ties into the whole, uh, uh, there, there are a lot of other issues that we're coming together globally on. This whole Harvey Weinstein issue for example, on the sexual harassment and the Me Too movement. You, this is another fantastic example of how communities all over the world are coming together on, 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 a, on, a, on an issue which has been there since the beginning of time. We, I'm, this is the same, as it goes back as early as periods, I'm sure it does. So we have another uh, really great example of, of, of why, you know, things that have been bothering us for centuries, uh, which, have, which, have, which are all of a sudden getting attention in a kind of really serious way. And I think that we have um, a lot, there are probably a lot of reasons for that that uh, there, we can go into detail on, but generally I think the world is much more well-connected. That's number one. People are able to share information more easily. They're able to share it in a really interesting way. There's so many ways of sharing information these days, you know, stories anonymously or, or, you know, or straight up. Uh, so people, people can really get a feeling of what's going on on the other side of the globe in a way that they never could, you know, some years ago. I mean, people were talking about, you know, I have a long-distance relationship with my partner, and uh, we were talking with other people who had long-distance relationships like 10 years ago. Skype, wow, has just revolutionized, you know, how uh, long-distance relationships work today. Just to say that that the communication networks and the way that things are, are uh, information is passing between them is really, you know, is revolutionizing the way that, uh, uh, that you know, the information that people have. And I think that this kind of issue, as well as the Harvey Weinstein issue, harassment issue, is something that where people have been feeling alone and scared and, and, and you know, afraid to speak out. And, but what we realize now, there are lots of other people, women, that have the same problem and the same challenges and also some solutions, you know. We're sharing solutions, too. We're not just sharing about the problems. We're sharing about the solutions. And we're seeing examples of how we have been able to address these things, you know, across the globe. And this is not, not just through programs, you know, like, although I'm, you know, I'm a development uh, program, you know, professional uh, and uh, all the, all the, uh, I have all the respect and, and uh, uh, for that. But, you know, there's also a huge um, amount of information and inspiration that can be shared through informal channels and through these other networks. So I, I think there's that. I think that people are also getting better educated in general um, about what, what uh, feminism is. 
about uh, why it's important to um, to, to respect uh, uh, both sexes. You know, uh, here I hear in like in schools and you know in, in the UK, uh, sort Airbnb the other day and and uh, and so in the UK and then this guy was saying his son gets like this like training in school about how to treat girls, you know, and and saying that you're not allowed to say stuff like you're a pussy anymore, like stuff like that. You know, people are getting better educated, and so it's becoming more okay uh, to talk about these things. People are supposed to be more respectful, and I just see like I see girls like. My, my my colleague's like 13 year old daughter. She's from India. I'm amazed by this girl. She's saying, I mean, we were, they had I had them for dinner the other day, and she's like saying, yeah, why should we be afraid about talking about menstruation? It's something everybody has. You know, blah blah blah. And she's talking. You know, she, she's like already you know a little activist, but she's learned that from the, you know the, the the school from her parents. Obviously, we're all getting all getting better education, and this is just making us realize that we should all you know question what we've thought before was a norm, you know? And, uh, yeah, we're learning, which is good, you know? At least something is going the right direction. <laughs> it is beautiful, really. It's just beautiful to watch. If you've been working in this field, which I know you have for many, many years, when, when you would talk about, you know, women issues, you know, you would hear crickets, you know, crickets. You know, yeah. there was silence in the heavens, like we say in Kenya. Yeah. Why are you talking? Do you want a mess at a party? Like, really like come on chill out but now it's yeah. a normal dinner conversation it's just amazing and and i and, I, and I, I i like the way you know i was talking to a friend of mine over coffee and she said you know what faith i think the way women are just on it now globally we kind of also you know accidentally bust in the myth that women don't get along and women can work together <laughs> you know if we're not even focused on that yeah. we're just about our work you know and it's busting that myth that women hate each other you know women can't work together yeah. women don't support women but women do support women you know and um mm. and i was just thinking um about um you know when you were talking about that for many years when for, i think for many generations we were not able to even talk about it even think about talking about it and here you are mm. with this you know young girl who you know your, your friend's daughter who's just so bold and i think more confident and, you know, she's well aware of her body and, you know, she's aware that, you know, it, this is important. How can yeah. we break the ice for other girls yeah. who are not in such a, in quotes, privy environment where they get that education, the conversation is welcomed, to openly talk about menstrual health and issues related to menstruation. I'll just throw this also, just so you touch on a little bit of the healthcare professional as well, um, especially issues such yeah. as anemia, you know, y'all, I got to keep it real, mm -hmm. discharge, and crumbs, you know, sometimes yeah. the girls are so poor that they're just focused on, you know, um, I just need to get the pad. But they could be de dealing with that tiredness, that dizziness, that fainting during sports. You know, it's related to anemia or other, other issues which they don't talk about. They don't even know exists. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I yeah. Mm. And I, 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 I think it's so, so, so important to look at the context in each place that we're, that we're looking, uh, that we're working in and when we're looking at breaking ice. And I, I, and I really agree with you, first of all, that breaking the ice is important. You know, first of all, when you start breaking the ice, you can talk about anemia, you can talk about endometriosis, which is like something that we're all of a sudden like realizing, wow, this is like a big problem. Loads of women have endometriosis. You know, it affects their fertility. It affects their lives. And we haven't actually been taking that really seriously before because we're like, oh, girls that have pain, 
they should just suck it up, you know, they should just take a few painkillers and like, you know, uh, yeah. So anyway, it's just, it's, it's, uh, so that the, when you break the ice, you can talk about the more, you know, serious, uh, 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 aspects, you know, health, health conditions that are related to menstrual issues. Um, uh, but also the, the confidence and, uh, and other issues I was talking about before, but anyway, like you're asking, how do we do it? So, so if you look at the specific context, uh, I'll speak specifically about Uganda and then Denmark where I'm from. So, uh, Uganda, where we've been working since 2012 on, on menstrual health and specifically menstrual cups, um, is, uh, uh, a context where you have the community is really important. If you have a girl that gets a menstrual cup on her own, good luck with that. You know, you know she's not going to use that cup. I don't. I would. I would at least believe even if she gets lots of training, it'll be very difficult for her to use that cup. Or if, you know, for her to talk openly about menstruation, it's important to have the community with you. So you need to have the community involved in different different activities. So, for example, the way that we do it, we have both the girls and the boys. You know, get you know uh, taught together in the schools. We have the, the, the teachers uh, and the school management are also involved. So they are all kind of like aware of what's going on. They can in, you know, input, they can share their stories as well. They can make their suggestions. Uh, and then they can, then that can you know, help improve the way that we, we address the uh, specific issues that the girls are having. Then we have to enroll the parents, and not just the moms who are also interested in menstruation, but the fathers, you know, the fathers who actually yeah. really, no, yeah. no, you know what I've realized, Faith, all across the world, no matter where the man is from, he wants to protect his women. Whether you're a Danish man or a Kenyan man or a Ugandan man, he wants to protect you and all of the, you know, the people and the women in his family. I have so many funny stories. I, I, okay, anyway, that's, that's another story, but um, I just oh, remember on, my grandfather. Yeah, I know. Just we love stories. We do. We like, call that stories too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like to hear her stories. All our stories. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, my grandfather, most hilarious, uh, really uh, fantastic person. So he, uh, he was very serious. He was, he was like, he did some very high end kind of like, you know, political work and all that. But, you know, he would like, he would give me, he would give me, um, he would give me, uh, what's it called? He's, uh, not boots, but like, um, these things that you blow on whistles. He would give me a whistle. Mm-hmm. He'd give, I had like 17 whistles, but like by the time my grandfather passed away, God bless his soul. I had 17 whistles with the man who gave me that I could bring with me when I was walking home alone somewhere and I could blow in it if someone attacked me. And, you know, his, such a dear, you know. And, uh, but this is the same across all, all the world, you know. This is the main function of men. That's how they feel it. And, you know, they, they want to protect their children. They want to protect their girls. So when you involve the men and you tell them what kind of issues their daughter is going through, they're going to want to help, you know. And often, more often than not, they have had no idea about menstruation, how it is, you know, how it's managed, how it works. They're actually curious. They've been held out of the whole thing. My Nigerian uh, uh, friend, who a uh, fantastic guy who went to uh, Uganda and did you know, a photo shoot uh, pro bono for Womena some years ago with fantastic pictures. He shared a story of uh, when he was a boy and he saw some blood on, on his sister's uh, uh, pants. He was told, and he asked about it, he was told, no, no, that's not your business, you know, go away, you know? 
And the same applies in, you know, in many countries. But they actually want to understand. Uh, first, you know, sometimes they're grossed out, but you know, then they want to understand these things and they want to help, especially with you know emergencies. You know, these cute boys from school. You know, they 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 then they start you know pledging. Oh, I'm going to bring extra pads to school. So if my sister or if one of my friends, my girlfriends, you know, has an issue, I will give it to her so she doesn't get embarrassed. So it's really important. So to- they really want to help. And that's what I think, you know, Mariana is making such an important point that, you know, these are our male counterparts. Don't isolate them. They're very, they're a key player in whatever it is we're dealing with because we don't live in families that are just feminine. We live in families. You know, let's be real about things. And, and you know, your mom may be traveling and dad is the one who's around the day your daughter gets her period. So he should be prepared. So, you know, let's not yeah. isolate the male, our male counterparts because life happens. You know, there are many, yeah. I know fathers who are taking care of single fathers. You know, the wife may be left or, you know, she, she passed on and moved on. And so he's been left with this girl and he has two girls and yeah. he knows everything. And she's so right yeah. because, you know, I've grown up with brothers myself and, you know, well, they were, they were, you know, they're nosy like Mayana is saying. They want to know what's cooking, what's going on, <laughs> what's that you got. And, you know, after a while they, get, they got used to our, our moods. You know, we'd be maybe a bit more quiet, you know, from the usually upbeat. You know, it was so upbeat, me and my sisters. And they got used to it. And they would look at you twice and say, ah, okay, I get it. Yeah, and they would be very nice. They would actually be a little extra. Nice, make you some tea and be nice. So, yeah, include your brothers really and your fathers, and yeah, get them on board. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah, they, that's yeah. when they look forward to making you that tea and making you food and cleaning and all the things you don't think they can do. They get on point. So I totally agree yeah. with Ryan on that. Make um, mm. up to your grandfather that whistle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was just thinking, and maybe I'm so wrong. Y'all don't take this personal, you know. When she was talking about the whistle, I was like, maybe she's a whistleblower. <laughs> you know, in Africa, we believe everything is symbolic. <laughs> yeah. Everything is symbolic, especially when you get it over and over again. It's like, you know, we always say that our elders can peep into your future. That's why they're so wise. Yeah. So, you know, big up to your oh. father. Um, yeah, your grandfather, yeah. And um, we, we're just going to um, move on, y'all. Um, Christina has a point. Okay, okay. Christina is asking, um, do, you, do you include, like, talk, okay, she's just piggybacking what I asked. Do you ask, are you able to openly talk about, you know, anemia and, you know, the discharge and the cramps in Uganda? Yes, yeah, like for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, yeah, actually, a lot of girls uh, uh, don't go to school not because of their uh, not being able to manage their periods or their the flow, but rather their 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 cramps. So it's something that we take really seriously in the um, in the training and information that we provide. We have like eight different strategies for for managing your cramps. And uh, so it's really, uh, um, I think, yeah, anemia and stuff like that as well. We, we, we talk about it a bit and how they should, you know, be eating um, uh, certain types of foods during their, their periods. And, uh, and, but, uh, yeah, it, it's really, and what we also do, we try to 
bring in, you're talking about uh, how we can break the ice. We also bring in the local healthcare professionals because usually you need to, you need to have a reference point, you know, where we're healthcare professionals. You want to have a referral point. So we bring in whether it's a school nurse or the local, you know, in Uganda, they have village health teams, kind of community health workers. And, um, and then they can also, you know, be sensitized a bit on how these things work together and, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, but people are very open, you know, I think uh, people, when, when, when they, people want to learn, you know, and uh, they like, you know, uh, having interactive discussions and especially if there's some entertainment involved, you know, you're, I mean, breaking the ice also humor really works. So we also do like skits and stuff like, you know, little, like dramas and uh, make people laugh and, and, uh, and make it like a point of, you know, entertainment and then, and then conversation. Um, so, so I think that, um, that really helps in terms of breaking the ice, uh, on talking about lots of different topics. Um, yeah. 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 And the community. Sorry. 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 I, I think whatever you wherever you go uh, in Uganda, you have to like inform the local like district uh, kind of people, and 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 so they're also in, uh, involved, but also at the lower levels, uh, and that's important uh, for uh, you know political buy-in as well, um, because once the political uh, yeah the politicians, the local politicians are aware, they also potentially prioritize a bit more like when latrines or other kinds of, you know, uh, water and sanitation facilities are being uh, renovated or if they need water uh, supply, uh, a better water supply, stuff like that, they might just think twice about before they, uh, before they, um, they make decisions on that because then they might think, oh, so this is something that I, I've learned is really important for the girls to go to school and if that's another one of the priorities, they might, you know, they might choose. Um, to support that kind of thing. So it's really important for that perspective, but also just, it just creates like a feeling of, you know, like imagine like a huge, like a bean bag, like a bean bag of like support. And little, the little girl is like in the middle of that huge bean bag and she's just like supported from all sides, from all these like people in her community. And, and it's just from, from the very beginning, we, we realized it's something that is um, important in the, in the, uh, for the girls that, you know, they're, they get support from, from people around them. So each context is different. Who the people you should be using, you should be using, I was about to say it's not the right word, but the people you should be approaching to, you know, sensitize and, and, and discuss with will depend on, on the context and who is close to the girl and, 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 and uh, the decisions that she needs to make to, to manage her, her period in a confident, comfortable and, and safe way. Yeah, and as, as you were talking, um, Mia posed a question, and she said, um, "Why, why is there, why, why is the water and sanitation very instrumental?" Because she said you keep mentioning it. Um, Mia, it's very, very important. Trust me, if you're working in in this area, mm -hmm. and uh, these are the wash. Usually, the the area is called wash, water, and sanitation. So, and hygiene mm -hmm. as well, water sanitation mm -hmm. and hygiene. And this is very, very important, especially in, 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 you know, in rural areas where it's, it's very, you know, it's at a very low level. It's not very well structured, well developed, it's very poor infrastructure. So it's really important. I, I think, I mean, Mayana, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the one who's, you know, the health expert here, you know, in this issue. Is it possible to work with um, menstrual menstruation and, 
you know, periods without involving the wash um, workers, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a very, it's, there are some very good questions all the time. Um, but yeah, it is a very good question. And we, we, uh, the, the, we, we have tried, we work with, uh, mainly with menstrual cups, but also with reusable pads. We're a proud partner of, um, of, a, of a supplier uh, in Uganda um, called Acripads. Um, and um, they um, require water to be washed. Uh, you need to, I think they've assessed about 10 liters per cycle um, to wash, you know, reusable pads throughout your, your, your uh, cycle. Um, for menstrual cups, it's a bit less. Uh, you need to use like maybe three liters of water um, in total for your cycle, just for boiling it and for, um, for washing your hands. You have to wash your hands properly before using it. So there has to be a minimal amount of water, that's for sure. But I think what everybody needs to realize, and, 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 and yes, I totally agree with you, like the facilities are, you know, you, you described it in a nice way, I would say. I think that if a lot of our, our listeners who haven't been to, um, you know, low-income context in, in, in this kind of uh, setting, uh, they would be shocked when they saw uh, what kind of conditions are there, um, even, you know, in a well-established community. If there is even a toilet, yeah. you know, if there is even yeah. one. And that's why yeah. it's so important. That's why she keep. That's why you know, um, Mia. That's why you can hear she keeps on mentioning about you need the water. You know, the water and, and sanitation. You know, team or outreach workers or you know development workers on board because they're places without toilets. You know, they use makeshift yeah. structures, and it's it, it becomes very cumbersome, especially for women. You know, in their periods. And water is a short, is, 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 is a major. There's a major major shortage. I like to say shortage in ports because I don't know if there's really a shortage in Kenya, for example. I'll just use that as an example. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, yeah, um, some other underlying issue yeah. <laughs> as to why those people don't yeah. have water. But we're not going to go into that. But in general, like Mayana was saying, um, I really put it in a really, 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 really good, good way because it's really, yeah, it's something, you know, really, really terrible. But um, you were mentioning mm-hmm. three liters. When you're talking about the liters of water, how much water people need, I was just thinking back um, mm-hmm. when I was working on a project in Kenya, in Kibra. I was, I mm-hmm. was actually um, doing some scoping work for a wash project. And we were talking to families and having some focus groups with the women in that community. And they were telling me that a family of, um, it was a family of, on average, a family of five, you know, mother, father, three, three children, um, yeah. survive on about less than eight liters of water. Yeah. So I, I yeah, was trying yeah. to, it's three liters, yeah. And I was trying to, and I asked them, how does it work? So they gave me the structure. They said, well, our cleanest mm-hmm. water is for cooking and drinking. And then mm-hmm. we have water for washing clothes. And this mm-hmm. water for washing clothes. But we have water for showering, for bathing. And this water mm-hmm. is then used to wash clothes. And then the dirtiest mm-hmm. water is the one then used for the toilet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they have to re- recycle and really use water, you know, very wisely. It's, and to me, it's not the most hygienic, you know, approach. You can see, I mean, really. But they were dealing, like you said, with other issues like cholera and all this. So the boiled water and the clean water is for consumption. So everything else yeah. external is from recycled yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what, yeah, yeah. how do you guys deal with it? Because this is like a reality, and those are 
huge communities, millions of people, you know, and they're yeah. the ones who I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, who need this product. So how do the yeah. work people, how are they able to balance this? this is a, I know it's a really serious balancing act they have to make here, but how are yeah. they able to, you know, are they training them, you know, about how they can use the product, you know, for the kind of water, do they give them like tabs or something? I don't know. How does it work? Hmm. Yeah. To be honest, this is an area where uh, my organization or our organization has, has not gone into as much detail as we would like to. We do know that, though, mm. that using uh, a lot of girls and women use reusable uh, rags, you know, so they, they take rags, uh, pieces of cloth, uh, uh, cloth clippings, um, uh, and they put them into their underwear. Uh, uh, that is like one of the most commonly used uh, methods around the world. And um, uh, a lot of those rags are then reused because, you know, it's not like you have like a million T-shirts uh, in these contexts. You use again, you know, you wash it and then you re- mm-hmm. reuse it the next time. So so they are getting water from somewhere to wash these things. The same applies to, I mean, there are other methods that they use which they throw out. They also throw out some of these rags and they, and they uh, use mattress, uh, mattress pieces, uh, toilet paper, uh, paper from notebooks. Uh, grass and you know leaves and stuff like that so some of it they just throw out again but we have to also think about there are a lot of them that actually do use reusable um, uh, uh, cloth so they are washing them with something um, so but what but if I just like sort of go through what it looks what it looks like for for example to um, to wash a reusable cup a menstrual cup uh, which is what we primarily work with is you actually just need like 300 to 500 milliliters of water to actually sterilize the thing or not, not sterilize it to clean it you boil it in this uh, uh, in this 300 to 500 milliliters of water and then you uh, the rest of it out is for washing your hands that's sort of how we estimate it so um, washing your hands also has to be done for other purposes and for other times so we, we try to go over with the girls, how can you economize your water and how can you uh, not least, you know, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, save or, or make sure you have water for that time. You can, you know, save bottles uh, uh, and, then, and then have you know, a few bottles of water under your bed for that key time of the month where you could then use it for these things. Uh, also, if you want to wa- rinse your cup, you can also bring a bottle with you to the toilet. So there's some different you know, methods that uh, we talk about with the, with the girls and with the women, too, about how they can economize. But, you know, it's also, like you're saying, this, this eight liters thing, this is, you know, it, it's, it's terrible, but it's in a way, you know, it's just an, an indication of how creative people can be, you know? And this is the same all over, where, whether it's in, in the context you're describing or in Uganda or in, in other places. People get very creative in these kind of settings. When it when it, when they're when there's something is scarce, they they make their they make do with what they have, and they try to find out good ways of, of doing it. But there are cases, there are you know areas where where they say you know these people are smart, and they are also uh, there's a saying in Danish, uh, nakedness naked women learns how to uh, knit, you know. So when you don't have anything, you learn you learn out of it. So it's not to say that it's, I'm not to say that we shouldn't be addressing water and sanitation and making sure that there are uh, uh, better water supplies because we should. And we, we try to do it the best way that we can by local advocacy and stuff like that. 
in our program. But yeah. uh, uh, a lot of yeah. people would say a lot more in detail of all the different solutions that are available, like tippy taps and all these things that use water in a very economic way. But um, and using rainwater, all these different things. But um, yeah, so. But uh, but it is definitely a huge challenge, and it's something that girls and women, uh, you know, are, are sad about. You know, when when we when we we even after we've introduced the program, and they're really happy about whatever product they've received. You know, most of them, you know, we have like 85% uh, success rate or uptake. You know, after six months. Uh, so even that they're ha- they're there with their product, happy. Uh, they they're happy with the product, but they they're still unhappy about the toilets. You know, because it's not nice. You're, you're there and, and everything is there's not any water to do anything you know, proper with and and the, and the toilets are not it's not just about lack of water it's also lack of management of toilet facilities is really the, one of the biggest problems you know it it, 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 it and I was in the east eastern part of Uganda in a place called Katakwi where we did our uh, one of our first interventions uh, we helped a, a Ugandan NGO called Trans Psychosocial Organization and a Dan Church Aid a Danish or, NGO. And, uh, and, the, and the teacher there was, she was one of the teachers we were teaching. She was so helpful. She said, Marianne, mm-hmm. it's not about oh, the teachers the are amazing. Yeah. Sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I just had to say They're, that. I didn't even mean to, you know, yeah, no, but, you know follow your train of thought. But I just had to say the Kenyan teachers, the same when you're talking about Uganda, I was just thinking if we didn't have those teachers who go out of their pockets, who just do everything to make sure those girls are good, I don't know where yeah. those girls would be. But yeah, but go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, but I fully agree. Uh, it's amazing what they do for 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 their students and how far they're willing to go. You know, they really they really do everything. But um, you know, some of them are really crisis. Um, but this woman, her name is Mary. She said, you know, it's really about the management of the toilet because you can you can easily have a fine toilet if you if you organize it properly. If you organize, you know, a committee uh, uh, to get a little bit of money each month on a recurrent basis, mobilize it in, in a way that makes sense in that setting, to just buy the Chico or whatever soap that you need to, and you know, to clean the areas, and then you, you know, with the, uh, and then with the, the children at the school, you know, the children in Uganda are usually responsible for cleaning these toilets. If you have a proper way of organizing them uh, to actually clean the toilets. If you then do some basic repairs, just putting on like that 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 door that has fallen off its hinges and and then means that you don't have any privacy. You know the girls they don't. It's not nice, you know, peeing there with the with the door open or no door at all. You know, so like just just doing and putting in a few nails and then putting it, making sure it's 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 there. You know, there are lots of like simple things that can be done to manage the toilets better. Uh, uh, which which actually means sometimes more to the girls than than just the the, the running water, you know. They want privacy. Privacy is a huge. I can't tell you like how often this has come up as a major priority for the girls. They really need privacy about their menstruation. They don't, you know. They, the the worst thing is if if people know that they're on their period, you know, because then that they just they just want it. They want it to be for themselves. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Um, we slowly have to wind up, you know. I mean, we could talk forever. Um, you know, Mayana, we have two minutes left on the show, and, and we want to just take in as many questions as possible. Um, Mia, Mia is, asked, is sharing, actually she's sharing and also asking us to share um, some of the myths and taboos associated with menstruation, because I kind of told her, you know, I kind of shared some myths early on today. <laughs> 
so she got so <laughs> to share on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take that in the last 20 seconds as we, as we dash out the door. Okay, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I want Mayana to briefly run us through different types of products, um, you know, so that women know what choices and options are available for them out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I will ask you one question, you know, as the experts on health and menstrual matters, something like that. So we, we had to debate for a week with other women, <laughs> grown women. <laughs> But, yes. but just tell us, what, what kinds of products are available out there? Um, you know, there oh, are hundreds okay. of products, yeah. but we don't even know some of them. We've never heard of some of them. Just run us through some yeah. products that are available. And, yeah. yeah, thanks. I mean, so okay. as mentioned, I mean, we all know, I think a lot of us know the, uh, there, okay, there are lots of traditional methods that women use that are not sold as such, but which they find, you know, like I mentioned before, all these different uh, rags and 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 uh, leaves and, and grass and um, some people sit on sand, uh, to, you know, so that kind of stuff. But then of course we have the the, the pads, uh, different types of pads. So you have like both the disposable pads, which there are millions of different brands, I think. Then you have like the biodegradable pads, which can be like you know tossed in like 95% biodegradable made of uh, you know loaded. 